Rally family, Lee McD here. Hey, I'm so glad to be able to share with you guys a little bit here in this Valentine's Day season. I've got a word for all of my single brothers and sisters. I want to encourage you deeply. Listen, you guys, I believe in you. You who are in this rally generation, you are so important for the work of the kingdom of God on the earth. And what I hope today is as I bring a little bit from the word, a little bit of wisdom for you here in your single season, what I hope happens is that your, your spirit comes alive with hope and with purpose for who God has made you to be in the days ahead. So let me share with you guys this, a couple of scriptures that I want to go from here, and then I want to give you three real strong practical encouragements for how you can make the most of your single life and prepare to be a good gift in marriage. All right, so if you're taking notes, you may want to write a few of these things down. First scripture is this, James 1.17. It says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. It says it comes from God. Every good and perfect gift. The next scripture is this, Psalm 37, verses 3, 4, and 5. And it says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. These are our foundational scriptures for this talk that, that I'm going to give to you guys today. So write those, those scriptures down, those references down, so you can go back and look at them later. James 1.17 and Psalm 37, verses 3, 4, and 5. Okay, let me tell you guys a little bit about my own personal story. As a single guy, I will admit I did not do singleness very well. I was single for the entire stretch of my 18 through 25 year season. I didn't meet my wife, Allie, until I was 32. I got married at age 34. And I'm so grateful for the time. But I will be honest with you, that single season was very difficult. I dated a ton of people. I was even engaged to be married and broke the engagement off six weeks before the wedding. I mean, I, I, like, I was a hot mess, you guys. And I mean, I don't know if anybody else in the room listening to this right now can relate to being a hot mess when it comes to relationships, but look no further. I mean, your boy was a hot mess. So there was this one particular moment in my, you know, bumpy journey being a single person where I kind of had it. I was like, okay, God, I need your help. So I took up, I think it was a random Saturday, and I just drove up into the mountains, I think to Caesars Head State Park up here in upstate South Carolina, and I sat down at a park bench with an open journal, and I just wrote this question at the top. I was like, God, why haven't you let me get married yet? And because I, I had been like, I had been the best man like three times. I've been in more weddings than I could even count. I mean, I was, I mean, it was just, I was starting to get bitter about it and starting to lose hope, honestly. So I asked God, I was like, what is the deal? <clears throat> and the gentle whisper of the father came to me, and he said, Son, my daughter, who I have you know, set apart for you to be with. I love her tremendously. And I only have good gifts for her. Do you think if I gave you to her in your current state, she would say, wow, God, thank you for this good gift? Or would she say, why me, God? Have you set me apart for this work of, of service and hardship? I, I had to admit that God had me pinned right there. I could not look at my own life clearly in a mirror and say, you know what, all this is a good gift for someone. And so in that moment of gentle conviction, I just had to admit, you know, okay, good Lord, how can I become a good gift? I want to become a good gift for this person who I believe you want me to marry. 
And so I basically just asked him some, some very practical questions in three specific areas that I want to give to you. And I leaned into his insight for my life in those three areas, and everything changed for me. So my first question was, okay, Lord, where do I begin? And I feel like the interior of my life, my spiritual disciplines were the thing that needed to be shaped up. So the first thing, if you're taking notes, point number one, in order to get ready to be married, the first thing that you need to do is number one, get in the word. Get in the word. Right there at that moment there at that, at that picnic table, ask God, okay, Lord, what do my mornings with you need to look like? Because I knew that whatever I initiate, I'm responsible to sustain. But whatever he initiates, he will provide all the power to sustain the discipline. I'm not I'm really a very naturally disciplined person. But I knew that if the Holy Spirit invited me into some step of obedience, that his promises would carry me all the way through, and I'd be able to sustain that long term. So I just asked him, what do you want my mornings to look like? And very simply, he said to me, just give me your first two hours in the morning. Set your alarm, take your alarm clock, put it in your bathroom so you have to get out of your bed to go in there and turn it off. And you don't hit the snooze button a thousand times like I always did. Put it in there and set it for two hours before you leave the house. And then give me that unhurried time. You can do whatever you want with me in that two hours. You can read the Bible. You can watch a sermon video. You can just sit there and sip coffee while you, you pry your eyelids open in the morning. And so I did that. Some mornings when I had to get up really early, I mean, it was like, wow, I'm seeing the four o'clock number at the, at the very beginning. I mean, it's like it's really difficult. But what I found was that his power sustained me through that. And all of a sudden it was like, wow, I, I couldn't believe the vibrancy, the energy, and the sustained prayer life that I had with God through the rest of the day. It was, it was amazing. It was the first real corner that I needed to turn. I want to encourage you. That person who God wants you to be a good gift for, they're expecting you to bring a full spiritual life to the table in your marriage. If you, if you can barely sprint, string two weeks together of, of praying a little bit or reading the Bible a little bit, you're not really bringing much to the table when it comes to spiritual value for your marriage. So I just want to encourage you. Go ahead and fill up your life with all those treasures from the Word and from your friendship with God. You want to bring a full life to the table in your marriage, right? Okay, so get in the Word. You can do it. Simply ask God what that means for you. Don't take just my advice of, of the two hours thing. Ask God what your mornings with Him need to look like. and Whatever He brings to mind, just take a risk of faith. Step out and do it. Try it. The second thing that I questioned, uh, immediately what God brought to mind was about my physical body. I knew that my physical body was not a good gift to, to anyone, at least of all myself, at that, at that particular moment in time. And so point number two, if you're taking notes, the second thing you need to do in order to become a good gift to get ready for marriage is to get in shape. Now, let me say this unequivocally. I am not espousing that you subscribe to any pattern of what the world says beauty or fit or handsome should look like. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And 1 Corinthians chapter 7 says that, Husbands, your body does not belong to you. It belongs to your wife. Wives, your body does not belong to you. It belongs to your husband. So I knew as a single guy that my body already was like kind of set aside for someone else. It didn't belong to me. And so all of the things I was doing, the things I was eating, the lack of exercise or any physical activity that I was engaging in at that time, basically I'm like treating this, this is someone else's personal property and I was treating it like trash. And so I was like, okay, Lord, 
If you want me to get in shape, how you want me to start? And I had a buddy who was a personal trainer. And so I was like, hey man, I know this is gonna cost some money, but uh, can I jump in with this? And I did, and what I realized was working out was way more spiritual than I really had ever thought. Because every single day I had to show up and I had to face my own weakness. I had to persevere through my own pain and then show up again the next day when I'm hurting and when I'm sore and then keep going. And what I realized was is that every single day I had this opportunity to declare my faithfulness and love to someone I had not met yet by simply showing up and doing good to a body that they would one day own. Am I preaching to anybody right now? What I'm trying to tell you is, ladies, guys, take a look in the mirror and simply ask God, what does health look like for me? How can I become a good physical gift to my partner, to my spouse. Your spouse is gonna want someone who is gonna be filled with energy, who's gonna be strong in their body, who is gonna be able to live a long time, not someone who's gonna like die young because your arteries are all clogged up and you get a heart attack or a stroke or something else like that at the age of 55. Listen, you guys, the minute you step into the, like, and this was the real treasure for me, the, I, like the minute I crossed the like six month mark, doing this kind of physical exercise, I was like, I can't believe how good I felt. I had not yet met my, my future wife, but I was like, this is such a gift to me, God. Thank you so much for pushing me into this. You guys, I gotta, I gotta commend this to you. Get in shape. It's time. It's time. Let's let 2022 be the year that you become the healthiest version of yourself for the glory of God first. And then because you believe in faith that you are gonna give that body to someone who God leads you to in the future, right? Okay, third thing. This one's going to sting a little bit too, boys and girls, so buckle up. The third thing that God really impressed upon me was, third thing, if you're taking notes, get out of debt. Get out of debt. When I was at that particular point in my single life, my finances were as in much disarray as my physical state and my spiritual state, honestly. And so what I had to do, I had some credit card debt, I had a car payment, I had you know some stuff like that, and I was like, yeah, bump this. Because what God showed me was, that everything about my life was going to be a good gift. If it was going to be a good gift to somebody, I had to realize that my current state of debt, I was basically in, in the position. Let, let me phrase it like this way. Let me find the right words for it. Debt is spent future money. So like if I have debt right now and I want to get married to somebody, I have basically already spent their money now before I've even met them. Is this? Am I, am I saying it right for, for you guys right now? Here's the deal. If I walk in, if I walked into marriage with a whole bunch of debt that I had racked up, I'm basically saying, hey, Allie, I know you've saved and you've been faithful with your finances, but now would you please pay off all of these bad mistakes that I made in the years past? No, 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 no. That's not a good gift. But what I did in that moment, I got after it, you guys. And those first few months after that encounter with God, I really craved, I got a ton of wisdom and advice from Joe Sangle and his website. I was broke, now I'm not. Dave Ramsey, his website, and I got out of debt as fast as I possibly could. I started using Mint.com, which is a budgeting software tool, which I still use to this day. And all of a sudden, it was like everything shaped up. And just like in my physical situation, I felt free. I was like, wow, what is this lightness of spirit? I don't have all these extra bills. You know what I mean? I, I just feel like, and I have more money to be generous with and everything else like that. I mean, you guys, when, when you take one step toward God, when it comes to honoring him with your finances, getting the tithe right, 
tithing, the first 10% of everything that comes in, when you get that right, when you get budgeting right, all of a sudden it's like your confidence in, in life just begins to elevate. Listen, you guys are going to change the world. I want you to be as financially free and as confident as you can to be able to do whatever God invites you to do. In order to become a good gift, you want to come to the altar on your wedding day with no debt. Party people, this is, this is how to become a good gift. When Allie and I got married on September the 10th, 2011, what a good day that was. Neither one of us had any debt whatsoever except for the house that I owned. And that's, still, that's been the continuation of our marriage these 10 years that we've been married. We've never had any debt except for our house. And I can't tell you the level of peace that that brings into our lives. What we feel like when it comes to hope for our children. It all really begins, and this is where I want to just, everybody look at me right here in the face. That's something Brad Cooper says all the time. Everybody look at me right here in the face. If you are not tithing, get it together. Do whatever you got to do today, start tithing. Malachi 3.10, God gives a promise here. If you test me in this, bring the first 10% of everything you have into the storehouse, tithe to the church that you're a part of, test me and see if I won't open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much benefit and blessing for you that you won't have room enough for it. Listen, you guys, take God up on his promise. Start tithing. Live your life on a budget. If you can't say no to yourself right now, you will not be able to be a really good leader in your family, ladies and gentlemen, both of you. So those three things were what God gave me, and it changed my single life, you guys. It set me on the trajectory to truly become a good gift for Allie when we finally got married. Get in the Word. Get in shape. Get out of debt. Let me come back here to Psalm 37, 3, 4, and 5. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Trust, do, dwell, befriend. These are all actions that you are empowered to take because of the Holy Spirit. Delight yourself in the Lord. That's an action that you are empowered to take because of the Holy Spirit living in you. And then here comes God's part. And he will give you the desires of your heart. This next thing is more action on our part. Commit your way to the Lord. God, I'm going to get in the Word. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to get out of debt. I'm committing my way to you. I'm going to tr trust in him. Boom, there's another my, my actions. I'm going to trust you, God. And then here comes his action. And he will act. These are promises, boys and girls. When we take one tiny step toward Jesus in faithfulness, he meets us with all of his abundance. Listen to me, Rally. You are so important. You cannot afford to waste one more minute just flailing around with your life with no direction or purpose, without any discipline. Listen, you guys, take these steps. Ask God these questions in your small groups. Ask God, what do you, what do you have in mind for me so that I can become a good gift? Take each one of these three things and just think about them. How can I level up my time with God? How can I level up my physical fitness and my personal health and my body? How can I level up my financial picture? How can I level up what other, what other area that God brings to you? Talk about these in your small groups. Hold one another accountable and all of you together become a collective good gift, not just for your future spouses, but for the world that you will change. The kingdom of God is coming. Revival is coming. It is your inheritance. An awakening is on the doorstep. You have a part to play. 
So I bless you in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you, and then we'll send you out into your small groups. Father, I thank you for this world-changing, history-changing generation. I pray that they would take these simple elements of wisdom, incorporate them, be convicted by them, and then be inspired and empowered for true change that would benefit not only their personal lives, their future marriages, and their future children, but would impact the generations and truly bring the kingdom to earth. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. May you feel the smile of your Abba Father God today. And may he give you peace from this time forth and forevermore. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.